welcome back for another episode of This Old Farmhouse Podcast. This is Joy Fry Waltmeyer, Savvy City Farmer. And as we always say, thanks so much for tagging along. Well, today, by popular demand, and I'm just using the word popular very loosely because it was just three or four people asked if we could do a podcast on delving into the English advertising that we are kind of known for and specialize in. I just, I thought it would be so interesting to hear the history and hear our story. So let's get into some chatter about cracked pots and chipped lids. So here we go. Cracked pots and chipped lids. The history, so the history of the English advertising is <clears throat> there's probably more than one backstory. Um, you know, in the particular, with all the different particular names that are printed on the pieces. But the most popular is the Dundee Keeler Marmalade. It was said that um, a merchant sailed into the to the port or to the bay of Dundee, Scotland one day back in the 1900s or late 1800s. And on the ship, there were many, many crates of um, Seville oranges. I don't, I don't know what the difference is between an orange and a Seville orange, but uh, maybe it's, uh, you know, a particular orange that is only found in the UK in that particular area. So anyway, he sailed into the, the port of this little village called Dundee and tried to sell off the the, marmal, uh, the marmalade, yeah, the oranges, tried to sell off the oranges and he happened to uh, be able to find a person, James Keeler, who story said he was down on his luck and he bought the oranges for very, very little money and must have had a very innovative wife who loved the kitchen and loved to cook and experiment. She So as not to waste them, she took them home and... Um, I can just see it all in my head, you know, in a big vat, in a big pot, she dumped them. And, you know, marmalade, I think, still has the skin, the rind on the orange. So she probably just put the whole thing right in the pot and perhaps added sugar, probably to get a preserve. Probably stirred and stirred and stirred all day for days. <laughs> Again, I'm such an imaginary that I, I try to imagine this whole thing in my head and came up with this probably delectable tasting orange marmalade. And I can imagine, again, back to that vivid imagination, them looking at each other and, you know, like on their crumpets or their cakes they're like, wow, <laughs> this is really good. Maybe we're on to something here. Um, now I'm ad-libbing and I'm adding in uh, how my mind sees this story. But I can imagine it was one of those things like, 
you know, have you ever done a craft project or a painting project and it turned out you something happened by accident that was actually a really good thing and turned into a, a finish or a faux finish that that everybody loved and um, people latched onto it. So I can imagine it, that it might have been just by accident that this all actually came down. And then the... The whole ironstone phenomenon, you know, that, that's, a, uh, that's a pot, that's a, a ceramic, that's a, a, a piece that was, oh, I don't even know how to say this. I'm so excited about it. There's so much in me that wants to come out. Um, it, it was probably something that was very ordinary. To us now, it's all the rage, it's all the craze. We're after it, we're pursuing it. Um, but back at, in that day, it was just kind of like, you know, you have an Advil bottle and when you finish with the Advil bottle, you throw it away and you go get another one. And that's how I imagine this. Um, these were a one-time use. These pots, these beautiful pots were filled with marmalade. And I also, have a hunch that at the very, very, very beginning, they didn't have a transfer. Um, you cannot quote me on this because I am, again, you know, if it just happened by accident and they needed something to package it in, there's a good chance that the, the ironstone pots were just available and, or they ordered them made just for this uh, particular use. So, and then after they were filled, they were probably, and I've, I actually have read this, that they were sealed with hot wax, paraffin wax, like our grandmas did when they were canning, and uh, a piece of paper, like uh, wax, probably a waxed paper with probably a piece of string, butcher string or something tied to it to keep it closed. Again, the one-time use thing. I, I just can't hardly imagine that. Okay, so they went into production and all the pots started being produced. And then again, I'm not sure of the sequence, but I'm, I'm thinking that maybe the labels or the transfers were added just a little bit later after James Keeler realized that he was onto something and, um, you know, awarded medals at the London fairs. And finally, the king got a hold of the jam. And a lot of them say uh, by appointment of his majesty, King George. I mean, they're just, they, they must have just, it must have been a phenomenon, <clears throat> excuse me, that, that they just like looked at each other and said, oh, wow, what, what is going on here? So, I mean, isn't that really exciting? It's like entrepreneurial in the 1800s. Now that is the little backstory of the part that I know about, um, about the James Keeler Dundee marmalades. And I became attracted to those because as you know, we live in this little village called Dundee. And I saw one, I, I bought my first one 20, three, 22 years ago, and it was $22. 
it was just the little slender one pound and it was $22. I, I came up to the, to the counter at this antique shop and, and I said, Josie, I said, Ooh, why, uh, you know, I was trying to stammer and stutter and ask her why it was so costly. And she just looked at me with poise and grace and she said, well, go try to find one. So already, and then I did find another one a few years later. So I had a collection of two, which is not a legitimate collection, but it, it, I started realizing how hard they were to find. And I did not know at the time. I just thought, well, they're, they're English and you know how certain antiques are hard to find. So fast forwarding many, many, many years till about five years ago, I, I stumbled upon uh, quite a nice load of them, two or three loads of them. While we were in Florida uh, for the winter one year, actually someone from here sent me pictures to Florida. Now get this, they sent me pictures of the piles to Florida and I saved each image and I took a big fat chance and I just started like putting them on Instagram and before we got home from Florida we had sold every pot I didn't even have them in my hand yet and we had sold every pot and I explained you know I couldn't ship them for about a month and blah 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 so we have that kind of trust and faith with our customers and um, we got home, we shipped them all and I thought, well, hmm. And in the meantime, uh, I got a Facebook message from a gentleman in the UK. And I'm thinking, wow, this is kind of spooky. But I, but I now realize that, you know, from Instagram, I would share to Facebook and you know how that whole thing just catches fire once it once it goes back and forth. So this gentleman said to me, he said, would you, I, I see that you're, you know, into this and selling them and I have sheds full. He was an excavator and uh, he said, would you like to work on a handshake slash PayPal uh, adventure with me. In other words, I'll send you the box. I'll show you a picture of what's in the box. I'll send you the box and you inspect the box. And the minute you see that everything's okay, you PayPal me the amount plus the shipping. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is like something you dream about as a dealer. And especially the handshake you know, honor system thing, that, that just blew me away. And that started a relationship with this gentleman. And now we have two. Um, he had a friend who also had a lot, a lot, a lot of 30 years worth of pieces in his sheds. So what these guys do is they were enthusiasts a long, long, long time before anything hit the States. And I think it was like a hobby. The digging was like a hobby. And back in, in the days where it was 25, 30 years ago, they used, they just used shovels. 
And now they've advanced. They've got these machines and there's a claw-like mechanism on the machine, kind of like a backhoe, and it just brings up big chunks of them and they fall to, you know, by where they, a, a creek or water, wherever they're digging, and they clean them off, wash them off. And so thus the name Cracked Pots and Chipped Lids because this this tool, this tool on the machine actually is, you know, very strong and it's big. And a lot of them don't survive, sadly. And I happen to not be a purist. I loved, I love the rust. I love the cracks. I love the chips. Um, and all of the imperfections that go along with something that's a hundred years, a hundred plus years old. So again, they were a one-time use. Mrs. Homemaker, Mr. and Mrs. Homemaker, Mr. and Mrs. English, UK, husband and wife went to the store, bought marmalade and took it home, used it up, threw the pot out. And because they don't burn, iron stone will not burn. The, the cities built big holes and big dumps where people would just take them and, and dump them called the tips of London. So the, the excavating that actually is now, I'm sad to say, almost coming to an end is, uh, you see, London was the biggest city in that day of uh, trade and uh, merchants and uh, stores opened, Harrods and um, Mr. Selfridge, remember that little miniseries, Selfridge opened, and these stores all probably sold these beautiful things in their uh gourmet food sections, departments, they're called. And uh, so it was a one-time use. They were discarded. And then the client just came and bought another one, dumped the other one in the tips of London. And when the tips would get full, they would cover it all up with dirt and dig another tip. Oh, it makes me so excited just to talk about them. Actually, I'm coming to you today from my office. And this is a little funny story because it isn't really an office, it's a closet. <laughs> they say that if you don't have a, a soundproof place to do a podcast, you take a little closet and you fill it with pillows and blankets and uh, what else do I have in here? Sleeping bags. Let's see. More pillows. And all of the things around you help to absorb the sound. So I didn't get into a big fancy microphone. So we are using the uh, iPhone 11 and the closet full of linens to come to you today from our little office. The styles, here are some of the styles of the pieces. And uh, we happen to have all of them. And so oh, but back to the story of the diggers. So we started getting shipments. I'm ahead of myself. We started getting shipments from the UK two to four times a month as fast as they could get them out of their shed, clean them up, and send them to us. And we had just finished building our own website, SavvyCityFarmer.com, which I, I know it's not a big $30,000 website, but you guys, I am so proud of this website. I'm so proud of our descriptions. I'm 
ecstatic about our pictures and the continuity of uh, the color, the color on the website. And I just, I get so many comments about the website. So you don't need a big fancy. If you're in this like to buy and sell, you don't need a big fancy website. You just need to be consistent and your pictures need to be contiguous and, you know, be lighthearted. You don't have to write huge long descriptions. And if this is a dream of yours, just go for it. We love big commerce and that's who we opted to go with. So back to the styles of the pieces. And this might take us, you know, just to run through these might take us a bit, but um, a lot of you know that we do sell also to the trade. And if you're a trade person and you are a reseller, we have an option for you. And we have 40 to 50 shops nationwide that we actually ship to. The one pound Keeler, the one pound James Keeler Dundee Marmalade is the most popular. It's called a chubby. There's a slender, which is more straight up. And then there's the chubby. And I, I was going to get into all of the, the sizes, but to save time today, I'm not going to uh, prattle on about their sizes. I think a lot of you already know. And if you don't, you have to go to the website and see them. So we have the chubby one pound. We have a slim one pound. And then in that same pattern, we have a two pound. It's called a collar lip. And the top is like rolled. And if you have one, you can see it in your head. But there's like a rim at the top instead of just straight up. It's a beautiful, beautiful sight. So the two pound rolled. And then there's a two pound slender. And a two pound chubby which is very more wide, a lot more wide. And then if you're fortunate enough, you can stumble upon, and we have two to our name, you can stumble upon a three pound. And dun, da, 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 we just sold a four pounder that uh, one of the diggers asked me if he thought I could afford it, if I thought I could sell it. And you see, because of the almost extinctness the prices are just going through the roof they're they're just i mean each time i get a shipment i wait and wait and wait to see what the price list is going to be because it's subject to change without notice there's not a darn thing i can do about it in fact this last dig that they started on in london which they are now basically finished with they've unearthed everything they can that is about the last tip of London that hasn't been touched yet. So it was with great remorse that I'm here to tell you that soon and very soon, we probably won't even be able to get the one pound chubby. I have plenty of the slenders. I have plenty of another label named Frank Cooper, but the Dundee one pound chubby is, oh my gosh, I, I can't hardly bear the thought. Be thinking how many I had in the past, it's almost extinct. And then, you know, we ventured into the, the lidded pots, the toothpaste, cold cream, anchovies, Herod's caviar from the catering department of Herod's. I mean, these are some of the graphics people that, that almost can take your breath away. If, if you love typography and, 
and you're an enthusiast of history, they can almost take your breath away. And when I unpack them, funny thing is, I know what's going to be in the package and I'm still excited. The dairy, there's dairy creamers. Those are really, really a good seller because there's a lot of interest in the dairy and the farmhouse phenomenon. There's a lecithin product and it says for infants and adults on, on, it, on the graphics there. There are hair pomades. I could just go on and on and on. And there are very rare pieces that we have in our collection that um, every once in a while I get a harebrained idea that maybe I could sell that. And as you know, on Instagram, we do a lot of swipe up, which takes you right to the product. Oh, so if you are so inclined to start a collection and uh, get going on this, uh, I would invite you to just maybe listen again to the podcast and build up your enthusiasm for uh, collecting. And I would actually just say, go for it. The price is going to be, if you see something expensive today, it's going to be more tomorrow. So just jump right in and start that collection. with all of that, I'm going to leave you today with the history and the information about these little beauties and how they have uh, survived time, a hundred plus years. Most of them being, like I said, excavated and uh, first uh, buried and then excavated and then shipped to us. So I would invite you to shop our website if you are in the market, if you want to add to a collection, if you want to start a collection, SavvyCityFarmer.com and the link you would click is English Advertising. We try to post new things two or three times a week, um, right soon after we get the shipments and they will bring you so much pleasure. I can promise you that. And I can also promise you that you will become addicted. So leave us a review. We love five-star ratings and those written reviews. And we'll catch up with you next time.